So I've realized that a lot of business leaders out there are really good at their thing, at the one thing they do. And that's where they have their specialty. But they got to realize, and everyone needs to realize, that you need to become an all-around business star. You got to become good at a lot of different things. Uh, In addition to if you want to maintain your wealth, if you want to maintain your success, as you work so hard and sacrifice to climb the ladder, you want to stay up there once you climb it. And so there's a few things that I've learned over the years that I think that if I were to give the younger version of myself some advice, it would be in these areas. It would be in in utilizing due diligence a lot more often. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Respecting time. Uh, to remind myself that it's always people first, that you have to have great supporting staff, you need to invest wisely have professional advisors, and also leverage the talent around you. So let's get started. Number one, with due diligence. You know, it's it's important that you become a thinker, not just a reactor. There's going to be so many things that happen. And as you grow in wisdom and you grow in maturity and experience, instead of a knee-jerk reaction to things, whatever happens, it, it requires some thought and how you're going to react and what your reaction to what happened, what kind of effect that's going to have. There's a book called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, and he talks about that. He said, basically, you are your thoughts. So your thoughts around everything, even adversity, even problems, even people that let you down or disappoint you or perhaps stab you in the back or they they act one way in front of you and a different way behind you. And uh, when you see business opportunities get presented to you, you know, some of them get presented by your friends. Some of them, some people have great offers of, of great wealth. And you got to ask yourself this, if these people had such a great opportunity at hand and they were so smart, why would they need your money? Why would they need you? And so you got to do a lot more due diligence maybe than you have in the past. Learn to measure twice and just cut once. The second principle, respecting of time. You know, time isn't just time. Time equals life. And in business, time is money. So we understand the importance of time. And we got to just stay out of businesses that eat up your time. You know, because you're good at one business doesn't mean you're going to be good at all businesses, number one. And a lot of businesses out there, if somebody gets involved in other businesses, just because you have the money to get involved in other businesses doesn't mean that you should. If you don't have a core competency in that area, uh, maybe you shouldn't get involved in that business at all. But in particular, businesses that require time. You know, you only have 24 hours in a day. And at some point, even if you're trading your time for really good money, you got to ask yourself, you're never getting that time back ever. So where is the best place to invest your time? Also, time-consuming hobbies. You know, there's a lot of hobbies out there that are fun. They're a quick relief. Uh, They give you a break mentally or physically. And they don't take that much time. You could get a quick workout in in 30 minutes or you could do certain things for an hour or so. But there are other hobbies out there that take hours and hours and and they take up a ton of time. And you got to ask yourself, are these time consuming hobbies worth it now or can they wait till after I'm very successful, very wealthy and very accomplished? I think a lot of people get themselves into hobbies that waste too much of their valuable time too early in the game. And then office hours. Two things uh, around that subject matter. Number one, are your hours in the office useful? Are they effective? Um, 
and then number two, are they are they laid out for everyone to know? Like as you're building a business, do people know when you're going to be in the office and know your schedule? It's very important if you're building an organization and people need access to you to know when you're accessible. And so if you come when it's convenient for you, you might lose a lot of people uh, that that just need to see you there, that that need to know when they can access your wisdom, your experience, and get advice from you. It's always people first. Uh, number three, it's not what you know, it's who you know. You've heard this before, everybody, but people will quit on a business. They will, but they won't quit on a friendship so quickly. So I believe that if you put people first and you build long-lasting friendships and relationships, and that's a two-way road, by the way, that doesn't mean belittle yourself and give, 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 give. There's give and take in every relationship. There's got to be some degree of balance there. But a lot of people won't quit on a friendship. So make sure that your business goes beyond just business relationships, that it gets into that friendship category also. And you got to leverage your talent pool when it comes to the friendship also. Uh, People don't remember what you say, but they do remember how you made them feel. So remember, even though you try to grasp the perfect words from time to time, always remember this. They will remember forever how you make them feel, either good or bad. So be careful when you get ready to rail on somebody. They might remember that long after they've forgiven you. They're still going to remember that. Having good supporting staff. You must have them. It's not an option. If you're doing $15, $20 an hour work with your time, how are you ever going to build a big business? There's only so many hours in a day. You've got to have great supporting staff. You've got to invest money. And I know what a lot of people say. They go, well, once I'm making more money, then I'll hire a good assistant. Once I'm making more money, I'll hire people to do these simple tasks. You'll probably never make the kind of money you need to to do that if you're always tied down doing $15, $20 an hour work. A lot of people say you can't afford them. You can't grow without them. Also, if you have good ones, treat them well. And if you have bad ones, get rid of them quickly. Look, a bad a bad personal assistant or some bad staff can ruin your business. They're an extension of you. They're a reflection of you. I'd like to pay people smaller salaries with big bonuses. When I'm doing well, I don't mind sharing the wealth. But if I'm doing poorly, I don't want to get hamstrung in and strapped into paying someone some large, pricey salary. People have got to determine their own worth, and they've got to do that by helping you succeed. If their role is to help you be successful, they'll think more about it when they're not at work if they know they got a big bonus on the line that is based upon how well you do. And long-term, great supporting staff, they'll become indispensable. Uh, Hopefully, they'll become like business partners and family to you. Let's talk about investing wisely, everybody. In this business, you're probably going to make a lot of money. If you're good, if I'm talking to leaders out there that are listening to this message right now, uh, you probably uh, are going to earn a lot of money. But we all know people who have earned millions of dollars in their life and have nothing to show for it. Look, at the very most basic level, you need to become a saver versus a spender. Spenders get money. It doesn't matter how much money they make. They have find a way to spend it all. Think about all the pro athletes and movie stars and old rock stars that die penniless. But at some point, they had millions or tens of millions, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, most of you and I could not 
ever imagine blowing all that money, but so many people do. There's so many records of people who had all that kind of money and they just blew it all. So you want to get to the point of real financial freedom, which means you are living off of and you're living greatly. You're having a great life, but you're living off the interest that your principal is earning you, that your investments are earning you, and you'll never get there unless you build a big pile of money and become a saver. So you need to become a saver. Wealthy people save their money and spend what's left. Poor people spend their money and save what's left. Uh, You got to own your home. I know a lot of people rent and there's some controversy around this and that, but I would tell you, uh, you got to build equity in your home. Most people, their investments, their real estate investments they do the best on are the ones that are, that are functional assets. These are assets they get to actually use and enjoy in their life and they grow in value. So if you're investing in things that you can't benefit from, just make money off of, that's not bad. It's good. And if you have functional things, things that you enjoy, like a nice car or a nice home or a vacation property, well, that's nice too, even if it doesn't make you money. But what if you could do both? What if you can have a functional asset that makes you money? I think about my houses, my last 10 houses I've owned that I've lived in myself. I'm always fixing them up. I'm always spending money on them. I'm always making them really nice. In addition to that, when I do go to sell them, I sell them at the right time and I usually make money on my houses. So I've enjoyed it. I've loved it. I've lived in it. My family's enjoyed it. We've got a lot of money out of it. And when I go to sell it, I know when to sell it and I make money off of the sale of it. And I enjoy fixing up the properties in the first place. But in addition to that, with our business, we get to host people. People are over at my house all the time. All my salespeople, all my business partners, all my leadership events that I host there. And it does two things. Number one, it stretches their vision. It lets them see what their life could look like if they work hard. They can have a big house and estate, a really nice property that they can enjoy. Uh, Number two, um, a functionality. We're actually using the place for leadership meetings and people are coming on in. So you're getting a chance to use your home, use it for business, use it for pleasure, write some of it off. You're getting growth and and enjoyment out of it. What What a great investment to have. Your vehicles, everybody, look, there's not usually a bigger waste of money than fancy vehicles. Although I believe it's another functional asset, you are in the recruiting business and it's not bad to have nice vehicles. Now, uh, I, would, I don't think I would buy brand new vehicles. In many cases, and what a lot of my friends and great leaders will buy the current model that's a year or two old with 30, 20, 30,000 miles on it. And you'll usually pay half the sticker price, half. All you've got to wait. And so look, let's say this brand new, you like this beautiful new Mercedes. Well, just wait till it's a year or two old and buy buy one that's a year or two old with 15, 18, 20,000 miles on it. And you'll probably pay half of what someone paid new driving it off the lot. Most of my cars that I own are a couple years old, still under warranty, which is important if you're buying a used car, but I'm getting these things at half price and you can find them all over the country online, shop them out and save a lot of money. It's just wise to know where and when to spend your money. 
look, you ought to be having some sort of retirement plans. Now, we know that there's investment-grade insurance that's tax-free on the back end. We know that some Roth IRAs are tax-free on the back end. But why not get the best of both worlds? You know, you might want a solo 401k or a SEP IRA, some sort of defined benefit plan where you can write off somewhere between fifty dollars to $100,000 a year off the front end. And you have some money in other products that are free on the back end. So you're getting the best of both worlds. You know, it's important. Also, with insurance, look, once you start accumulating assets, you've got nice jewelry, you've got maybe some expensive artwork, you've got a house, you've got nice stuff in your apartment if you're still renting, make sure you have really good renter's insurance. Property insurance is very inexpensive. Compared to other types of insurance, when you're insuring your jewelry, when you're insuring artwork, when you're insuring your home for actual value, that's not expensive type of insurance. Liability is a lot more expensive than property insurance. So make sure you've got homeowner's insurance. Make sure you schedule artwork and your expensive jewelry on there. Most policies only cover about $1,500 worth of jewelry or artwork. Well, a lot of people have one ring or one watch or something that's a lot more than that. And if you, if you insure it, and you schedule it, the cost isn't much, but it covers it even if you lose it or somebody steals it. Um, so it's important to make sure you got a lot of insurance. You should probably have an umbrella policy that sits on top of. Now, this is a, li- a type of liability extension insurance that sits on top of uh, your ho- your homeowner's insurance and your car insurance. So you can get a multi, multi-million dollar policy for literally hundreds of dollars. And uh, these umbrella policies, especially when you become a person of means and you have wealth coming in, you don't want to get sued. Your dog bites somebody, your kid hurts somebody. You don't want to get sued and not have protection or enough insurance. If you have the cut rate car insurance or whatever, quarter million dollars of liability and you unfortunately get in a car accident and kill somebody, you can lose all your wealth. If you have a five, $10 million umbrella sitting on top of your car insurance though, well, guess what? At least you're more protected and you can retain the wealth that you sacrifice so much building. Practice what you preach, everybody. Most of you that are listening to this somehow, somewhere are in a position of influence and you're preaching to people about becoming wealthy and being a good steward of their money. So you probably ought to do the same. And then there's professional advisors. Look, everybody, Everyone likes to save money. I was the king of saving money. I wanted the cheapest. I'd shop around, find the cheapest of things. But there are some areas you do not want to go cheap on. One of them is a certified public accountant. When you're dealing with taxes and you're dealing with paying your fair share of taxes, look, you get some cheap, slimy person out there and they'll write off whatever you tell them to write off. But then is it going to be worth it when you get an IRS audit and you can't stand up to the audit? Chances are, if you make a lot of money, especially on a 1099, it's not if, it's when you're going to get audited. So don't freak out when you do. It's coming. I'm just telling all of you it's going to come. But do you have a good accountant that can stand up and explain why you wrote this off and why you claimed this and the way you did everything? A good accountant's always going to push back on you. They're going to seem like a pain in your butt, and they're going to tell you what not to do, and they're going to be more conservative than you, but they're supposed to be. That's what a good certified public accountant will do for you and they'll keep you out of hot water in the long run. Make sure you pay your quarterly taxes along those lines. If you're getting a huge 1099 every single quarter, you got to spend money. You got to put that money in. And if you're not taking taxes out of every paycheck, which in our business, we get paid eight times a month. So you might not take it out of every single paycheck, but you might take it out monthly. And, uh, 
but you don't want to wait. A lot of people are getting caught up at the end of the year and they hadn't paid any taxes. And then they own such a big tax bill. Then the IRS is coming after them and they're hitting them with penalties, severe penalties and interest. And the stress of it hurts their business in a second way. So make sure you're overpaying those quarterly estimated taxes. You know, you might want to look at incorporating, getting an S-corp and paying yourself a monthly salary. It should save you a few percent in a couple areas. I'll let you talk to your CPA about that. But incorporating is a good idea. Um, Attorneys, look, you guys, that's not a place to go cheap. If you do need an attorney for something, get an expensive one. Pay the five to seven hundred bucks an hour that you're gonna have to pay for a good one. If you find your one cousin's friend who just got out of law school or will pay you, will we'll only charge you 150 bucks an hour, there's a reason for that. They're probably not that good. This is one area you're not gonna use them very often in your life, but when you do, you gotta win. And the more expensive ones, more likely are gonna help you win. Doctors, look, you only have one body. You only have one life. One place to go cheap is not with doctors. I know some people are like, oh, I'm going to go on a medical, I'm going to fly south. I'm going to go over a border. I'm going to go to a country and man, I could do this and this way cheaper. Well, there might be a reason it's way cheaper, everybody. And do you want to die on a table somewhere in some foreign country because you're getting a cheaper uh, surgery of some spot? One area you also don't want to go cheap on is with your doctors. Uh, And your health insurance. As far as that goes, you know, get good health insurance. Uh, You protecting yourself is so important, everybody. Last but not least is leveraging the talent around you. If you're in the same business as I am, you're in the recruiting business, you're in talent acquisition, you probably have a huge talent pool around you at all times. If you're recruiting hundreds of people a month in your organization, you're probably going to have people in your in your midst that are great negotiators. So when you go to negotiate something, find someone on your team that's the great negotiator and have them negotiate on your behalf. Maybe you've got event planners in your team. You know, we got big events that we hold all the time. Find someone. That's what they do. That's what they've done before. They'll do it for free or next to free. You know, you give them a free room at the event, give them some free tickets and, and uh, have them use their great talent to help you plan your events. IT. Look, we're, we're in the world and era of technology, but you might not be good with technology. There's no excuse not to be using all sorts of technology to help you build your business. But you don't have to be the one to be an expert in technology, but have one right by your side. Construction. Look, our, our organizations are full of people that used to do roofing, that used to do tile work, that used to do some sort of construction. You might want to look within your team before you go outside and hire contractors for projects that you have. Public relations. Who's controlling your PR? Who's controlling your outward-facing, public-facing websites, social media, things like that to make you look good? Look, um, some of you look good automatically. Some of you could use some help. But wouldn't it be great to have somebody who's talented in these areas to do this for you. And then realtors. I mean, as you buy and sell real estate in your homes, you probably got a bunch of them in your organization and it'd be it probably makes sense 
to uh, use some of those folks too. One last one, public servants. I mean, you may have some firefighters, police officers, people that can get you out of a bind if you need to. You probably got a decent talent pool around you. Just make sure that you're not turning a blind eye to leveraging all these wonderful people for what their talent was before they came to this company. Everybody probably did something else before they came here. And make sure you just got a nice list of who to go to. I've had so many people over the last 20 25 years do literally every function of my life. They've helped me, they supported me, and made my life better and easier. And I've paid them back by helping them build a business in this company. And it, what goes around comes around, everybody. Um, you know, everybody can lend a helping hand. If you believe in seed time and harvest time, you know, you can leverage people and they can leverage you, and everybody can help each other become more successful in life. <laughs>